This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is hit well in a center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here! Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run. At the plate is Mike Trout. The pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Oh, yeah, spring training well underway at this point. Hello, everybody. I'm Trent Rush. Welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast, Cactus League style. And here's three conversations that you want to buckle up for. We got Brad Osmus in that leadoff spot for us. So a chance to hear from the manager. We get into baseball strategy. We talk about his approach to the game. I think that you're going to be very interested to hear what Brad Osmus says, and this will give you an idea of how Angels games are going to go from the manager perspective. I think you're going to want to hear this. We got Mike Trout coming up a little bit later on in the program. We talk about some of the things he's working on here in spring training this year and some of his thoughts from last season, which was a tough one for him in some ways, but an unbelievably incredible one for him and others. And then there's Cole Calhoun, who had the ultimate roller coaster campaign where he was so bad for so long at the start of the year, then was so good for a long time. I look at his first 50 games and then his next 50 games, and you're like, are you sure this is the same guy? He ended up fading a little bit at the end of the season. His overall numbers, again, weren't great for Cole Calhoun last year, but he had a stretch where he was dominant, and he talked about how he can find a way to keep that up. What's going to help Cole this year, the coaches that helped him in Arizona when he was so bad, he gets hurt, he goes to Arizona, and comes back and dominates the coaches that helped him there. Jeremy Reed and Sean Wooten, well, guess what? That's now the new Angels hitting coach and assistant hitting coach, along with hitting instructor Paulie Sorrento. The guys that helped Cole in Arizona last year are now at the big league level that he's going to get an entire season with. So we'll get three really good conversations for you. A lot of interesting Angels insight uh, coming up here on the Angels Recap Podcast. All of these interviews, by the way, aired on our Halos Hot Stove finale at the start of spring training. It was lots and lots of fun. I had just gotten back from Tempe, Arizona when this show aired live. In fact, my flight landed two hours before we went on the air. So it was like as fresh as it gets. So for those that might have missed it, let's get to some of those thoughts uh, leading into the Brad Osmus interview. One of the impressions that I got from spring training, being there, uh, getting a chance to be around the team the last three days, it is a very different culture, a very different clubhouse uh, with the Angels now. And a lot of that has to do with not just the change at manager, but almost wholesale changes in terms of the major league coaching staff. Now, they weren't too unfamiliar because pretty much everybody, not quite everybody, but most people that are going to be on the coaching staff at the major league level have been in the Angels system 
and have been around and have been promoted and have been around a lot of the minor leaguers. And we are seeing, um, we saw a TV in the clubhouse at, at spring training for the first time uh, in at least 19 years, maybe the first time ever. Uh, Tyler Skaggs was working the ox court over by uh, the uh, the speakers over there and bumping some music before and after workouts. We saw some videos of guys doing agility drills with a basketball hoop. And uh, it, it just seems like these guys are having a lot of fun. That said, it's also been a lot of business. A lot of work is being done. These Angels are working very hard because nobody is satisfied with the way the last several seasons have gone, particularly last season. And there was a lot of talent on this team. These guys know that this is a talented bunch, and they know that they have underachieved. And I am excited to see what the Angels are going to be able to do in 2019 and beyond because uh, this Halo team, like I mentioned, really talented. Look, when you're looking at some of the metrics that are out there, the Picada rankings, uh, they have the Angel hitters as being the third best in the American League. But they don't really like the Angels pitchers too much. Well, I think with the new catcher and Jonathan Lucroy, uh, Doug White, the new pitching coach, I think that's going to make a huge impact on this staff. We're going to hear from Lucroy and Skaggs a little bit later on. But first, let's get things started with our exclusive one-on-one sit-down with new Angels manager, Brad Ausmus. Right, Brad, first spring training as Angels manager. What is uh, what have these first few days been like since you've been out here? Uh, they've been good. They've been cold though for Arizona. Uh, for the desert, it's been you know in the upper 30s at times when we kind of arrive at the ballpark. Uh, it's a little chilly out in the weight tent where you know if the dumbbells are at 38 degrees. It's tough <laughs> to hold on to. I, there's a lot I want to ask you, Brad, about baseball philosophy and where you're at and coming into this season. I know Angel fans for 19 seasons were used to one, things one way, and now that they're a different way, and uh, I have questions about that. Uh, but first, being here at spring training, what are you hoping to accomplish here, at least initially? Position players reporting today, uh, pitchers and catchers have been here for a week. What are, what are the early goals uh, for you here in spring training? First off, you want the players to kind of get to know me, how I want things done, get to know the coaching staff, how they want things done. Uh, and then really it's all about the preparation in terms of uh, running through the fundamentals, getting your defensive plays all aligned. Um, and then the games themselves, preparing for the regular season, the at-bats for the position players and the, and the uh, innings pitch for the, for the starters and relievers. So for you now, again, four years in Detroit, you've run – the team run spring training and now after a year kind of away being in the organization but now coming back in a different role uh, as the manager of this club uh, what do you expect um, that adjustment to be like at least initially here in camp actually I think the transition here will be easier than the transition into Detroit because when I went into Detroit I really uh, had no prior knowledge of the organization I was not a part of the organization uh, you know as you mentioned, in 2018, I was with the Angels as a special assistant to Billy Epler. I traveled through the minor league system. I was part of big league sp- spring training. I was around the big league clubhouse quite a bit during the course of the season. Um, so some of those relationships are already there. Uh, in Detroit, I had to kind of meet and greet the guys as they walked into the clubhouse in, in Lakeland. And here there's there's existing relationships. These mo- Certainly the big league guys and even some of the minor league guys know exactly who I am because I've been here for the past year. Brad, you got some studs here. You're spending time in the minor leagues and, and seeing some of these prospects. I mean, I'm doing my homework reading on some of these guys and just the supreme athleticism. I mean, it just seems like it's off the charts. What have been uh, your impressions over the last year plus getting to know some of these you know, top prospects you got? Yeah, we're certainly excited about some of the, the 
players we have in the minor leagues, but they're still players. They're, they're still young. They're still developing. Um, and really, we're just trying to create the best version of them that's possible. Uh, if the athleticism shines through, I think, uh, I think we'll be just fine. But there's, uh, there's still uh, some growing pains ahead of some of these young guys, and uh, there's certainly some development. Brett, I want to talk pitching for a second because I know that this is something that you know very well being a big league catcher for as long as you were. We even saw some of your comments about you getting down behind the plate, squatting, catching these guys, and what your takeaway is from that and, and that perspective. But maybe you can go into a little bit more detail as to why you think that that gives you an advantage as a manager to know your pitchers from that perspective. Well, that's that's been my perspective. Uh, you know, For decades I was catching, and I can recognize – things within the pitch or within the pitcher's mechanics from that angle much better than I can from the side or from the back um, just from experience you know when you probably caught a million pitches back there you, that's a lot of looks Brad I, I want to get some of your thoughts here just on, on baseball situations and your overall stance in terms of philosophy um, and, and getting to know what the Angels are going to be like this year first uh, let's keep it with the pitching I know like the idea of an opener is something that's really big this year. Is that something that you would entertain um, here as Angels manager? I think I'm not going to remove any options from the table. Uh, I think there are occasions where the opener makes sense. Uh, I'm not sure that necessarily applies to us this year, but it might. And, and then we hear about pitchers in the bullpen. High leverage situation, guys, is what people uh, like to talk about versus closers. What's your, what's your stance there? Well, the hope is you have a, a two or three high leverage guys that you can deploy in, you know, predetermined situations that arise. Um, doesn't necessarily it's all it doesn't necessarily mean the same two or three guys are going to be the high leverage guys each day. Uh, of course, the handedness of the hitter and the pitcher come into play, and uh, clearly the score and inning. But uh, you know, it's yeah. I guess you're asking me, will the closer come in earlier? Um, I don't know. Again, I, I, there are times where it makes sense, so I'm not I'm not taking that off the board either. Cody Allen, somebody that has been in a lot of different situations, and he's closed games for a long time. You have a lot of really good young arms in this bullpen, and now to bring in a veteran presence like him, how much is that going to help this team in the bullpen? Well, he's been really good. Even he got here a few a little bit early before camp started. Uh, he's 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 intense and passionate, and uh, I think he'll be a good role model. He's very open. To a lot of the new information uh, that we're giving him, uh, and I, I fully, uh, I, I fully expect that he, you know, he had a little bit of an off year, so, but I fully expect him to rebound. Let's talk about some of the new information that becomes a part of baseball. I know that Billy Epler has talked about um, man uh, when he, in his search for manager, wanting a manager that was going to be open-minded, somebody that was going to be willing to learn, and somebody that was going to be able to embrace some of this new information. Obviously, with your great baseball background as a player and all that, how do you feel that um, you have spent this offseason in getting ready uh, maybe for this year now in, in terms of uh, learning more about some of the advanced analytics and how that can be applied to what you do and what you know as being a former player and a former manager and current manager? Well, I don't. I actually don't think it was this offseason. I, when I signed on with the the Angels as a special assistant, that was kind of my goal. I knew that Billy uh, was heavily into the analytics as well as scouting, but much more into the analytics than I had ever been exposed to. Uh, and that's part of the reason I took the job because I wanted to uh, be exposed to it, and I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to learn as much as I could about it. I don't want to be one of those people that is considered an old stick in the mud that the way we used to do it is always the best way because that's not true the game and in life in general things evolve and 
and uh, that's happened in baseball. And if, if you know, you got the analytic crowd and the anti-analytic crowd, and I think it's a blend of both. But there's certainly no reason to have the information, or no reason not to have yeah. the information. I mean, if you got it, why not use it, right? Uh, I know Bill. You're a well-read guy. I know that that is something. What, what have you What have you read? What, what's the last book you've read? Oh, uh, you're gonna ask me that. <laughs> uh, I did just. I just. What did I just finish? Um, I think it was called Mindset, a Growth Mindset. Uh, I've read a couple here recently. Conduct Code, Growth Mindset, Legacy. There's There's been a handful this off season. I know Billy's a reader. I know, yeah. I know I know Billy's all about it because he's he's shared with me some of the some of those stories. What what can that do? Like in in the off season, like you you special assistant for this club for a year, then you get the job. What was it? End of October, early November. You you, you officially have it now. Before spring training starts officially here, middle of February. What is that time in between like for you to get ready for a season? Um. Well, there's a lot. I mean, from the time I get the job, there's there's a, a ton of things that have to happen. You, you obviously have to hire a, a staff. Yeah. Um, there's player procurement, you know, in terms of free agents, both major league and minor league. Um, uh, the roster construction happens. Um, but then there's the on-field preparatory work, like, a, you know, you got to have all your plays and yeah. all your plays set for spring training, all the signs set for spring training. Um, but that can't come until after you hire staff. Uh, we had a number of planning meetings going back to November uh, and then again in uh, early February so it's there was quite a bit of, there was quite a bit done in this offseason it was a busy offseason but it was busy in a good way there was no offseason for you guys I mean you guys you guys went to work right away and and I know that it seemed like at least from my perspective I was being antsy I wanted to know who your staff was going to be and it seemed like it took a little bit and then you were finally able to nail down some of these guys um, I want to go with the hitting side first and Jeremy Reed and Sean Wooten who had been in this system before what can they bring to the hitters here uh, at the major league level well I knew both of them because they were in the system um you know, they both have a really good way about them in terms of their relationship with the players. Players gravitate to them. Uh, they have a, a, a tremendous understanding of the mechanics, uh, not only of the swing, but of the body and how the body reacts during the swing and what the movement should look like. Um, and and Sean Wooten is phenomenal with video. I mean, he's kind of a, a video tech savant when it comes to finding things not only in the players movements and swings but also matching them up with maybe older videos and showing them why this or that was better and how things have changed he's he's really uh it's a, has a talent for it and then you got doug white who apparently i'm like the only person that he's not talking to all the time um he has been somebody that has um it seemed like checked in with every player constantly uh whether it be if not daily weekly for sure uh, how much do you think he's going to be able to help this club so far, he's been really impressive. He's got a, he as just like the hitting coaches has a really good manner, a really good demeanor. Uh, the pitchers like him. He's got and his knowledge shines through. I think that's part of the reason. Uh, I should say his knowledge and his passion. That's part of the reason that the, the pitchers have really gravitated towards him. So he's uh, he's been excellent so far. Brad, I know you're a busy man. I don't want to take you too long, but I, I do want to uh, ask you a little bit about lineup construction and the way that you're wanting to put together this team when you're thinking about a one through nine batting order what are some of the things that you're taking into account and in wanting to make sure that this team has the best chance to score as many runs as possible 
Well, that's what you want to do. You want to put yourself in a position to hopefully score as many runs as possible. Uh, and, you know, you, you see, you know, you want a guy at the top of the lineup who has a little bit of speed and gets on base a lot and someone in the two-hole, which is, you know, statistically or analytically the best RBI spot. And then four is probably right behind that and three in between and then five. And then, you know, the, you, know, the, you really want your top three, four guys at the front of the lineup also because they're going to get more at-bats with every slot you move up in the order over the course of seasons, about 17 or 18 more plate appearances. So uh, it's it's not difficult math, really. Uh, you want your best hitters hitting the most. Yeah. Brad, thanks so much. I'm excited for this spring training. Looking forward to following you guys all March here and then getting, getting to April. It's going to be a really fun year. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. That sounds great. I really appreciate Brent Ospis giving us that much time. Again, this guy is like so swamped with what he has to deal with uh, just running uh, this team for the first time as the Angels' new manager. And when Brent Ospis says that he is somebody that is going to take kind of a blend of that eye test and the uh, old school approach and also with it, you using advanced analytics and everything that comes with that. I, I thought his answers to some of the questions that he gave us were exactly uh, on point to that philosophy. When he talks about lineup construction, the first thing he says is having a guy that gets on base that gets you some speed. Well, that's an idea that's been a part of baseball since the beginning of time, it feels like. That's always been the idea. But traditional thought would say your best hitter should hit third. Well, the numbers suggest that your best RBI guy should hit second and then third, uh, then fourth, and then third, then fifth. So when you hear Brad Ausmus say that, that is using the analytics in addition to what he knows as a manager and as a baseball man because there are even some people uh, in the super advanced thought that aren't overly concerned with the player's speed, that really in that leadoff spot, you really truly care most about on-base percentage, and if they're fast, that's great, but it's really not a priority. That That is a kind of an idea that's out there, but you hear Brad Austin say, no, 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 we, we do want some speed up there at the top. Uh, we also heard him talk about the opener, and Brad Austin saying, look, I'm not close to anything. He did, he did say that he didn't think that this team would be a team, at least initially, that would start with an opener, but... I thought it was, you know, again, he left the door open. He goes, that could be something that down the road, and he can see why teams do that. I agree with Brad in that sense, too. I totally understand why Tampa needed the opener and why they did that. Part of it was they didn't have the horses. And I actually think that this Angels staff, if they can play and pitch to the level that they have shown at times, and if they can get to that peak level that I think that they're very much capable of, there is absolutely no need to have an opener. But if there are struggles and you're seeing guys have trouble going later in games, that third time through the order becomes problematic, well then maybe we start to see some changes in that regard. Uh, again, I am I come from a traditionalist background, but I like Brad Osmus, like Billy Epler, like new information and can understand a lot of why those numbers can make sense without losing my baseball background and what I know about what's great about this game, what's made it great for so long. He also talked about finding somebody that can be in high-leverage situations versus having a closer, and he's exactly right. 
Brad Ausmus is. Ideally, you want to make sure that you have somebody that can be um, in any of those situations and having three or four possibilities. And when I think about uh, what you're going to see from a guy like Cody Allen at the back of the bullpen, uh, being a guy that has closed games before, a lot of them at the major league level, and then Justin Anderson, a really promising young arm. Ty Buttrey finished last season in that closer role for the Angels. He is somebody that has the ability to close out games. Then we're going to talk you know, June, July, hopefully closer to June, about folding Keenan Middleton into the mix. And then all of a sudden, now you're looking at this Angels bullpen saying, well, wait a minute, there are a lot of guys that can pitch, whether it be a high-leverage situation in the 7th or 8th or closing out a game in the ninth. And you're going to feel comfortable and confident in either one of those situations. I think the Angels bullpen is going to be much better than people expect. I've talked about this before. I think it's a top-10 bullpen in baseball. Again, they were 13th in bullpen ERA a season ago. I think that they only got better this year. And not only is that ERA going to be in the top 10, but I think they're going to be a team that can save a lot more games as well. And a lot of those reliever metrics are going to increase this year. And I think the Angels' starting rotation is seriously, seriously underrated. So those are some of my thoughts from the Halo's Hot Stove finale that aired on Angels Radio AM 830 KLAA here in Southern California. But I want to continue on with this pitching for a second. For one, I think the role that Jonathan Lucroy is going to have on this staff cannot be overstated. I mean, this is a guy that's going to be so important for their success this year, and he can bring that veteran experience and be able to coach up these guys and really be that guy on the field for this pitching staff because this is a group of, with maybe the exception of Matt Harvey and Trevor Cahill, young, promising guys that with a little bit of guidance can hit that next level and really excel at the major league level. We have seen the flashes from Tyler Skaggs. He had like a sub-1 ERA in the month of June last year. Tyler Skaggs, you can make a case for, should have been an all-star last year. He easily could have been. And the Angels and Brad Austin believe that Tyler Skaggs can be an all-star this year as well. Andrew Heaney, another one of those guys that can be a dominant lefty in this starting rotation, among one of the best left-handed starters in the American League, these two that the Angels have in Skaggs and Heaney have that kind of potential. I'm not kidding you. And Heaney was the Angels pitcher of the year last year. It was really his first full Major League season where he was healthy the whole way through and he was able to pitch at such a high level. I was really impressed by what we saw from Andrew Heaney. We've talked about before with Matt Harvey. He was better in Cincinnati last year, 7-7, ERA around 4.5. But the difference with Matt Harvey is he had that thoracic outlet surgery, which was two years from this past July. And they say that's about a two-year recovery time. And after two full years, then you finally start to be able to show uh, that you can have that full strength and full ability back when it comes to pitching. And we saw that from Matt Harvey, who was really good down the stretch. Uh, his number's a little inflated because of a couple of rocky outings um, in there. But if you, if you remove those, I mean, he was really terrific for Cincinnati last year. I mean, we finally got to see some consistency with Matt Harvey. Then there's Trevor Cahill, a guy that has had a lot of DL time over the last three years, but also somebody that comes in as a uh, proven veteran arm that can be a solid man in your rotation, that can get you innings and be able to work uh, later in games. That, that's an important thing for the Angels to have. Then there's this competition for the five spot, whether it be Jaime Berea, who is unbelievable uh, in his rookie campaign. You throw maybe a Felix Pena into the mix, somebody that can either 
either be in the rotation or he can be in the bullpen, can maybe be a hybrid guy. Maybe he's a bullpen piece that can make a a, a spot start on occasion. The Angels have options in that sense. You're hoping that Nick Tropiano can be ready by mid-April, like what he told me. You're hoping to have J.C. Ramirez back uh, by the middle of the season. Maybe in the second half, that becomes an important piece. Who knows what Dylan Peters can be? He only got a month in the show last year, and he really struggled in Miami. But maybe Dylan Peters is a guy that can emerge uh, in this Angels rotation. There's a lot of different arms out there. And I haven't even gotten to Griffin Canning, the Angels' number 2 overall prospect, who I would expect to see in the major leagues this year. Jose Suarez, another one of those guys that I expect to see in 2019. These are dominant arms. And Griffin Canning especially can be elite. He is that kind of a pitcher for the Angels. Uh, Everybody, he's a consensus top 100 prospect in all of baseball. He's the Angels' number two guy. He is a high-level major league caliber pitcher that is really, really close to being ready to showing that at the big league level. Keep an eye out for Griffin Canning. That's a big piece for the Angels. And that's why when you start to think about 2020, not only would you have Canning, in theory, be totally ready by that point, but then you also have Shohei Otani, who's going to be back and can be the ace of this staff. We might have to do a whole other podcast just on pitching, uh, but there's a guy that plays for the Angels. Uh, you, you might have heard of him. He plays out in center field. His name is Mike Trout. Well, we caught up with him in Tempe, Arizona as well. So now here's our conversation with the best baseball player in the world. Look, Mike, I know a lot of people like to talk about stuff beyond baseball, but I, I like talking baseball personally. Mm-hmm. And last year, I know for you, put a big emphasis on defense. And I thought it showed on the field last year. Is I mean, you try to think about how the best player in the world can get better. You did last year defensively. What were some of the things you thought you did right that you felt you were able to execute over last season? Um, you know, when you come into spring training, you always uh, you know look to get better. Yeah. Uh, not one particular thing. Obviously, last year defensively it was – I was really hard, um, really pushing to, to get better arm accuracy-wise, arm strength, uh, defensively, just getting better jumps. And uh, it showed at the end of the year. And, um, you know, as a person uh, in general, if you set a goal um, and you accomplish it, um, there's always, obviously there's uh, still room to improve. And, you know, that's the that's good thing about baseball. You can get better, you can get uh, improved in everything. So. I was talking with Justin about this, too, because you and Cole have such a great relationship. And then he said, hey, my, my first year kind of figuring out, Mike gets the balls that I'm not used to any center fielder being able to get to. But when he mentioned that, it made me kind of think about, like, what is that relationship with Cole like that you guys are able to have out there in the outfield? Yeah, no, he's just comfortable. You know, uh, Cole, Jay, you know, you know, you know the range um, that they're going to give you, and um, you know our mentality in the outfield is to catch everything. So you know it doesn't matter if I catch it, Cole catches it, or Jay catches it. it just uh, make sure we catch it. You know the pitchers appreciate that. Um, you know just give it full 100 percent effort every time, and you know see where that goes. I want to talk about your approach to hitting for a second, especially it seems like with two strikes, because it seems like that's been an area where you continue to get better. I know earlier in your career strikeouts had been a bit of an issue, but you continue to fix that. So what is your approach right now with two strikes? Yeah, uh, just trying to hit the ball, you know, get the hit the ball out the middle up in, in play. Uh, um, you know, if you you can't, uh, you just shorten up your swing. You can't get big. You know, you get big, you're gonna punch out. So it's, uh, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is just getting a getting a pitch and just uh, you know just battle. Yeah. You know, I think the biggest thing is battling and uh, you know go from there. You have Joe Adele taking batting practice with you yesterday. I thought he looked good out there. I mean, it was in front of the commissioner, in front yeah. of the, the owner of the team. How do you feel that uh, he's coming along as being a star prospect? Something I know that you know a little something about. Yeah, no, he's came a long way. Um, you know, he got a little bigger than um, you know when I last saw him, but uh, you know I heard he's had a 
great great start to his young career so far and uh you know looking forward to just seeing him play in spring um you know you, you uh you like to look up uh see how them guys are doing throughout the year and you know in spring training especially now because i get to see them what kind of advice can you give to somebody like that obviously not many people know what it's like to be put on that kind of pedestal yeah no just uh, you know get your work done um you know come in with a with a purpose um, you know, and it's, it's last few first few days it, it, he comes in with a purpose. You know, he's, he's he's working hard, trying to get better, trying to learn new things, and uh, you know it's been good so far. I understand today is only the third day for you here with camp, uh, but obviously it does feel like there is a different vibe this year. Things are a lot different. What have been your early impressions of uh, this 2019 camp? Yeah, we're here to work, here to get uh, get better. Um, you know, we're getting ready, trying to get ready for the uh, the, the season. Uh, you know, a lot of new faces, a lot of new faces, coaches, staff, a lot of new faces, player-wise. Uh, we're looking forward to it. You know, we've got a great group of guys so far the first couple of days, and, uh, you know, I'm looking to see how this thing plays out. We always talk about goals for you, and I know that you say there's always room to get better. What are you looking at this year as something you'd like to improve upon? Uh, just all-around game. Um, you know, obviously focused on defense last year. You know, offensively, just be more consistent. You know, try to get, instead of going, you know, getting them skids, try to shorten them skids. Um, it's, all, it's a mental game. It's all... You got to stay positive, and um, you know you got to uh, just go out there and, like I said, every day with a purpose, try to get better. Mike, I, I know last year was, in some ways, your numbers were spectacular, but I know it was a tough year for you. When you think about 2018 and what you can take from that experience over the course of the entire season uh, to continue to get better in this game, uh, what do you, what do you take from what the experience you had was last year? Yeah, no, obviously, um, you know, baseball wise, positive. Um, you know, I, I was seeing the ball really good. Um, it wasn't really a, a time where I had, you know, it wasn't when I wasn't really feeling so good. Um, you know, I, I want to keep it that way. You know, the guys, a lot of people go through, you know, some slumps and, you know, some skids. There were some times, you know, I didn't feel good and I got hit. So it's uh, just trying, like I said, just keep just staying positive, um, you know, keeping that negative out of your, your mind. Mike, appreciate it. Thanks as always. Thank you. Yeah. I know that conversation probably wasn't as long as some of the other ones we've had here on this podcast. The one with Cole Calhoun isn't very long either. Uh, That said, Mike Trout's awesome, and the time that he gives us, we certainly appreciate. This dude is like the busiest guy. I mean, you guys... Like, I'm not kidding. Like, I have a hard time even fathoming exactly how busy he is. Like his schedule is off the charts in spring training. So uh, for us, to, for him to cut out a little time for us, uh, we definitely appreciate. But uh, I thought really good stuff there from Mike Trout. The other part too. Man, when you can be not feeling great and still getting hits like Mike Trout said he was doing, that is locked in at a whole nother level. That just does not happen in baseball. He's special. And I know we didn't get into any of the contract stuff. I didn't think that was the time or place for it. I think Mike's made it pretty clear he likes being here with the Angels. He told all the dolls at ESPN, look, I like it here. You know I like it here. I got two years left. I just want to focus on baseball. Let's just play this season. All respect for 27 right there. I tell you what, the baseball talk is a lot more fun than the contract talk for me. I do think it is important to mention, though, our next guest, Cole Calhoun. He's coming into the final year on his deal. And this is a guy that, like we mentioned before, could not have had two more polar opposite ends of the spectrum of what he experienced in the 2018 season. Let me read a couple of numbers for you. First 50 games, hits 145, then goes on the DL, has an oblique strain he suffers in Detroit. Next 50 games coming out of that, 306 batting average, 1.018 OPS, 16 homers in 50 games, and 39 RBI in that stretch. He did end up coming back down to earth in that final month, ends up being a gold glove finalist. Not only physical strength, that is mental strength. That is hard to comprehend 
for a guy to experience the kind of struggle that that guy did the first two months of the season and be able to bounce back over a 50-game stretch like that. That's unbelievable. Now, he can't do it again. Cole can't be anywhere close to as bad as he was, especially with the amount of talented rising outfielders in this organization. I don't know that anybody's expecting Cole to be what he was in that 50-game sample I talked about after the injury, but he's got to play to his career average. He's got to be Cole Calhoun and consistent all year. And trust me, he's working on that, and I think that he's going to be. When I saw Cole, it was right after a batting practice where he had taken swings with Mike Trout, Albert Pujols, and Joe Adele, who we talked about in that interview with Mike Trout. And that was in front of the commissioner of baseball and Angels owner, Artie Moreno, along with general manager Billy Epler. That's who was watching that BP. So here now our chat with Angels right fielder Cole Calhoun. Well, I saw you in BP yesterday, and I mean, I thought you were mashing. I thought the swing looked really good. How do you feel about where you're at from that perspective so far here in spring? I feel good so far. Um, it's it's early, and everybody's here trying to work on stuff, and um, you know, just trying to get off on the on the right foot and get their bodies back underneath them. And um, it's been a really good first two days of camp. To have Reed and Wooten here working with you full time, what's that been like for you? Uh, it's been awesome. Um, those guys. Uh, those guys can teach, and they know how the body works and um, things that uh, guys need to do to uh, get themselves to where they want to be. And um, just going to be a, really a daily process to, to get there and you know, kind of keep that as we go into the season. Well, I know last year was a little bit of an up and down for you. How would you say your offseason went in, in trying to fix some of those things? It, it looked like you had corrected for a long time there. Yeah, I think up and down is an understatement. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but... Um, you know, I went to the uh, each off season. I, I go into. I think I try to do a, probably a little too much and and get better. And that that was my goal back in uh, the off season after um, the 2017 season. I wanted to get better, get better, get better. And um, you know, kind of got my body into some spots that that are tough to compete with at the major league level. And um, so this off season, I kind of took it a little bit more easy and kind of relaxed my mind a little bit after uh, kind of a grueling, you know, uh, 2018 season. So, um, you know, I'm pretty clear-headed going into this year and, and excited to get going. Cole, obviously it's no secret you're a big-time leader on this club, and when you see all these young guys here in camp and spring training, uh, what's this process like in trying to help them get major league ready? Um, you know, they, they get to be around some of the best players in the world, you know, and kind of learn from them. And, I mean, there's guys in this clubhouse that have done some very, very special things in their careers. And to get to lean on those guys uh, is going to be one of the biggest things that they can use um, from the, for their, their career going forward, you know, and, and learn some things. I mean, I was listening to Trout talk the other day about uh, he, he brought up Torrey Hunter and stuff he learned from Torrey. And, I mean, here's Trout, who we consider the best player on the planet, still referencing somebody that he came up and really idolizing, you know. And so that's uh, that's really a big thing for these guys right now is is to kind of lean on some of these guys and listen to what they're talking about and kind of watch them go about their work. And um, it's going to be going to be fun. And uh, there's there's some talent and talented uh, kids in this locker room, and um, to see what what happens to them later in their career, it'd be pretty cool. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be fun to watch you this year. How about uh, March, this spring training? What are you hoping to accomplish this spring to get ready for the start of the season? Uh, exactly that, just get ready for the season. Uh, I think uh, I think last year I was. I, I thought I was ready. Obviously, it was not. So, um, you know, it's the process. Each day is uh, you want to get a little bit better, uh, get get to where you want to be, and 
um, as we get into some of these games and start seeing live pitching again and going through the the entire process that is spring training, uh, you, you look forward to it. I mean, this is my ninth spring training now, so... Um, you know, it's it's fun to get back and see the guys and kind of build that camaraderie. And you want this this team to really feel like a unit going into opening day. Cole, appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. We can talk about numbers with Cole Calhoun all day and what he means on the field, and that's important all. We didn't even get into his defense. And, again, he was a Gold Glove finalist last year through all the offensive struggles. The glove never wavered. But on top of all of that, I think Cole Calhoun's a great leader. And Cole Calhoun, aside from Mike Trout and Albert Pujols, is the most tenured guy in that room. Cole and Albert, both 2012 was when they started. When Albert and Cole came up, they were in two little different places in their careers. But they both joined the Angels in that 2012 season. Trout uh, made his first call up in 2011. And that is, that's as deep as it gets with this Angels team. You just can't ignore Cole's leadership in that room and what he means, especially to young players. He's vital. And in this time of transition, you need that consistency. So this is just, so this podcast, one of three we're going to be putting out through spring training. There's still two more to come leading into the regular season. So be sure to check out angels.com slash podcast. I mean, if something crazy happens, uh, maybe we can do like an emergency podcast or something to uh, get some thoughts out there. But uh, either way, angels.com slash podcast. If you've gone that way to find us, you guys found us, angels.com slash podcast. If you're a subscriber on iTunes, thank you. Please uh, give us a rating or a review. It's so so appreciated uh, if you could do that that would be awesome if you just went to angels.com slash podcast and you clicked on the link if you use apple products find us on itunes angels recap podcast with trent rush uh, you can click the subscribe button that way it gets sent right to your phone or laptop or however you listen i really encourage you to do that I believe we're also on google podcasts and wherever you find podcasts we're there obviously you know that because you were able to find us this time but subscribing is really the key so i encourage you to do that next week conversations with tyler skaggs jonathan lucroy and potentially much much more and as always you can listen just about every angels game this spring training on angels radio am 30 klaa jose moda terry smith bringing you the call from the desert also be sure to check out the sports lodge roger lodge weekday afternoons on am 830 my name is trent rush and thanks for checking out the angels recap podcast have a great rest of your day